This is the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, March 23rd. All right, Corey. So, big night for your Minnesota Timberwolves last night for a couple of reasons. Please tell me more. One reason is that Carl Anthony Towns got back into the lineup for the first time in 52 games. What? Yeah. He's back? He's back. And not only that, he hit two clutch free throws to put the Wolves ahead by one with 20 seconds to go. Wolves get a defensive stop, beat the Atlanta Hawks 125-124 last night, get back to the 500 mark, and are still well and alive in the playoff race with eight games to go. Huge. His free throws won it. His free throws won the game. Here was Carl Anthony Towns after the game. This is what movies is made of. This is what movies, this is is what movies is made of. Four months away, I come back two free throws. Don't worry about it. I got that. Carl Anthony Towns is a weird guy, isn't he? This is what movies is made of. That's the new thing everybody says. Like, uh, if you ever watched uh, those Vikings cams that they had after every Vikings win as players were walking back into the locker room, every single player's like, my life's a movie. I don't... Is it? But is it? Do you feel like your life is a movie? If it is, it's uh, getting a Razzie, that's for sure. What? Who Who would play you? Who would play me who in a... Who would play you in a movie? <sighs> Well, who I would want to play me would be Danny DeVito, of course, but that's just for comedic reasons. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I don't know who I'd have play me in a movie. Hmm. Do you? Do you have a guy in mind to play you? No, to to play you. To play me in a movie? No. Oh no. No, I was just wondering if you had my go-to answer. Always is like Will Smith for the same reason that you'd say Danny DeVito. Like <laughs> just an answer that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um. No, man, I don't have an answer for yeah. my for myself. Yeah. I mean, the only answers I would have for anybody would just are borderline. I don't want to I would offend you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. To try to make a joke, but then I but then I would be worried you'd take it too seriously and I want Michael Sarah to play me just cuz it uh uh, can get kind of the, uh, the the awkwardness a little bit. Uh, he would have that part down, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. That's not an awful choice, actually. Michael Sarah's kind of balding, though. He looks a little, uh, he's definitely looks older. He doesn't look like the kid from Superbad anymore. No, he's like a, he's like he's a, a man now. He is a man. Um, I know I'm, that's a really nice win for the Wolves. We were going through it yesterday, their, their schedule. Uh-huh. And we were looking at their final, did, did we include this Atlanta game as their final yep. nine? Yep. And... We thought reasonably for the Timberwolves, six and three, right? Was yeah. that the or or yeah? Or like we kind of rounded six down and to three, five and four. We rounded down to, to f- a five and four over their last which, nine, which would finish them with a regular season record of forty-one and forty-one. If they finish five and four, yep. yeah, they would finish right at five hundred. But in reality. There's no reason why they couldn't be six and three, even seven and two over their last night. Are, are you getting uh, you getting some hope, Corey? No, <laughs> I'm not. I am trying to look at that objective, or yeah, objectively. I think objectively, like a seven and two over their last nine is in play. There's a path for them. So after this win, which would make them one and zero in their final nine, uh, they have the Warriors 
at Golden State on Sunday at 7.30. Then the very next night, they go up north to Sacramento on the road, and they play Monday at 9. So two back-to-back. So it's a back-to-back, two tough uh, teams in the Western Conference Golden on the State's road. weird last night. They were they weird. They cannot get over the hump with Sacramento, who's awesome this year. And then the then they go take on the Suns in Phoenix a week from or uh, six days from today on Wednesday. And the Suns are in a weird spot. Yep. And then they host the Lakers, host the Trailblazers, uh, go to Brooklyn, go to San Antonio, and host the Pelicans to end the season. I mean, they should win those last two. The last two. So if you look at their last five, they should be four and one. It's these next three games that will really decide what this final stretch yeah. of the season will be. I think so. And it's, it, I mean, they, they visit Golden State on Sunday, like you said. Are we expecting maybe Ant back for that Sunday game? Like, are, are we full steam ahead now, too? I mean, so he didn't play last night, Anthony Edwards. But looking at Anthony Edwards' kind of body language yesterday at the game does not make it does not make me think he'll be out for much longer. Uh, I got to think that he comes back at some point in that California road trip. If it's not for Golden State, maybe it's to save him for the second night of the back-to-back against Sacramento. Now, we also looked yesterday if the playoffs were to work out however the standings are right now. Mm-hmm. The Timberwolves would be a, a an 8 seed so right, or a 9 seed whatever they would so be in that 8-9 matchup. If right? the season ended today, the Timberwolves would be the 7 seed. Oh. They would host the Lakers in the first game of the play-in tournament. So that win jumped them up uh from like a 9 seed to a 7 seed. That's how jumbled up. They will maybe the best way to say this CJ is they will not be a 3 seed. Yeah. It's it is impossible for them to be a 3 seed by the time this is all said and done. That's the best way to put it. A yeah. 4 seed is in play for them still. Mm-hmm. Technically. It still is technically in play the Suns uh the Wolves are let's see here they are two games back of the Phoenix Suns who have the four seed, and the Wolves have a head-to-head matchup with Phoenix coming up. So that could be important. And then they also have uh, a team that's directly in front of them is the Golden State Warriors. They are a game back of the Warriors for the six seed. And again, the six seed or higher is important because you miss the play-in tournament which the Wolves had to play in last year. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be in that play-in tournament. No, if you can help it. There's too much chaos involved in that play-in tournament. And by the way, uh, Paul George is going to miss time for the Clippers, who are the five seed, and the Wolves are a game and a half back of that. So, uh, if they would have stayed in that eight-nine matchup, mm-hmm. that would have then set up if they could have gotten through that a matchup with the two-seed Memphis, which would have been. Very, very fun. Right. Instead, you play in this 7-10 matchup. You're, you're looking at a um, a matchup with the one seed? Or do they reseed? Is that no, how they... No, it would be the... So if the Wolves are in... I think it goes like the lowest remaining seed, I think is how that works. Sure. Okay, that so, makes sense. So, like, so uh, the Memphis thing is still in play. Yeah, so the Wolves, if they're the seven seed and one... They would play Memphis. They would play the two seed. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that Wait. makes sense. No, no, hold on. Yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. Sorry, I'm. Mine's in a bunch of different places here. So if the Wolves got the six seed, they would play the Kings. Correct. Yeah, Memphis would be fun. That would be a fun. Uh, uh, it's fun to hate Memphis. Yeah, it was fun to hate them after last year's playoffs. Like sports hate. 
Um, it's it's fun to sports hate them now after all the Morant stuff uh, mm-hmm. that's happened over the last couple of weeks. Speaking of that, I got a new player to sports hate, Trey Young. I, by the way, I've sports disliked him since he was in Oklahoma because <laughs> ESPN would not shut up about him yeah. forever. Uh, I don't know if you watched that game last night. Trey Young got to the free throw line uh, three different times from beyond the arc. So he went to shoot three free throws. And two of those times, Corey, he was not touched by an opposing player. He just jumped up in the air and fell backwards and the officials gave him the call. There's a, an interesting moment that happened because he is not like he's not a superstar, but he had a moment. And that is, I think, maybe the most important thing in the NBA when it comes to officiating is have you had a moment? Carl Anthony Towns have had moments, but it's that of being a crybaby in important spots. Yeah. And that's why things don't ever go his way. Remember how good Trey was they they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Was that the bubble? Uh, Were they bubble Eastern Conference Finals? It was either Finals? the bubble or the year after. So he had a moment where he was marvelous. Yeah. And because he had a moment, he just gets six free free throws. I mean, it's uh, one of the most egregious calls I've ever seen. Like, just ones where I, I, saw, I was watching the game last night, and I could see Chris Finch. He was, like, trying. He was pleading with the ref, look up at the video board. And the official, Corey, I kid you not, was looking straight forward. He's like, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Yeah. I'm not. And if you looked up at the video board, you could see that Trey Young was going up for the shot. There was nobody within him. And he goes, falls backwards on his own accord. And the ref just refused to look at the video board because well, it probably means he knew he was. Well, and I mean, you can't. You're not gonna. He's not gonna take it back anyway. Exactly. And by the way, the officials then said that oh, we messed up. There actually should have been a foul called uh, against Tory and Prince on the final shot. Oh, that was their apology. That was their apology to the to the Hawks. We're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. We've been so bad. Which to which uh, a bunch of Hawks fans are mad on Twitter, and somebody said, well, maybe the Hawks should just be nicer to the refs. Yeah. That was always the thing with the Wolves. Yeah. Wolves complain about free... And, and again, it's all relative. The Wolves n- need to handle that better when things happen. But the critique of Wolves and Wolves fans is you guys complain too much about the refs. But then what happens to another team, like Dallas is protesting last night's loss against Golden State. It's nice to not be screwed. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they need to. Be, you need to be a little nicer, but also it's nice to not be screwed over. How are you supposed to be nice about that? Exactly. Whatever. There was a nice stretch where the Wolves, after that foul against Trey Young, a foul in air quotes, they had a really nice like 7-0 run, and Jim Pete on the broadcast for Bally uh, said, like, this is really important because they could have spent that next three minutes whining about refs, and they clamped up and played really good basketball. I am anti-getting on high school officials. Yeah. Leave those people alone. Uh, th- these they're they're pros. Like, yeah, this is the pros that the, they're they're getting uh, paid. They're handsomely. rightfully pay uh, uh, held to a different standard. Yeah, knock it off. And if you were doing uh, if you're high school officiating, you were doing the Lord's work. Please <laughs> never stop. Please never. Please stop. never. You are doing awesome. Every single one of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so the Minnesota Twins opening day, Corey, is a week from today. Let's go. All right, so opening day lineup is becoming a little more clearer. Alex Kirilov and Jorge Polanco will start the season on the injured list. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. 
so that means that Rest first, uh, the uh, expected opening day first baseman and second baseman are not going to be with the team for the first two weeks. And again, there's two ways to read into that. We mentioned that earlier in the week. One is the, oh my gosh, panic. These guys are going to have lingering injuries all season long. Or it's, uh, he's just going to take like the first two weeks off and he'll be back and he'll be fine. And both are in play. Yeah, both are totally those are, in play. Those are the two reactions to this, and they're the reactions to this because I, it seems likely that they're, that it's just going to be like the Polanco knee thing is just going to linger. That feels mm-hmm. like a like it's in play, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I feel like the, uh, well, because Polanco's knee injuries lingered since September, mm-hmm. late August. Right. So there's, I mean, there's no reason to think that's just going to stop in, in two weeks, but they could... Again, they could be slow cooking it. They could be whatever. Alex Kirilov might be more concerning considering he's dealt with a wrist issue for now almost two years. Yes. So we'll we'll see. Anyway, the they've opened up these two spots on the opening day roster. I think it guarantees Trevor Larnick is making the team out of spring training, which wasn't a for sure thing a few weeks ago. Well, you and I have talked a bunch about Trevor Larnick uh, uh, off the air, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit on the air, but we and. Um, I think you know how I feel about Trevor Larnack. I just I irrationally um, love him as a baseball player. He's like a pedigree guy to me. Yeah, right. He was he was the best player on a college World Series team. He was like the number one player out of high, like first round draft pick. All the, that kind of stuff. The he's a dude. Oh, by the way, four for four with a home run, a double, and two RBI in yesterday's spring training game. And this it's a is a good time to be ramping that up. We talk a lot about Kirilov, but with Larnick, those two equally have produced when healthy. Larnick has the same issue as Kirilov. Kirilov just has had the same injury. Yes. So if Larnick can stay healthy, he'll be a contributing player to this Twins team. I think if I had to say now, I think uh, Larnick starts in left. Joey Gallo goes to first base, and second base might be a, a a platoon of like Nick Gordon, Donovan Solano, and Kyle Farmer. That's my guess. I mean, you would assume Farmer opening day, right? Well, yeah, Farmer. It depends probably on who's pitching. If it's a lefty, Farmer or Solano. If it's a righty, you could see Nick Gordon. That's so weird to me that they would like go out of their way to get Farmer as the insurance for Correa as, like, the automatic starter. Mm-hmm. And now that they have Correa, it's like, man, we'll see what the matchups are. Yeah. I'm, I'm just blown away by that. You know what? You could look at it as... You could look at it that way. You could look at it maybe as uh, the fact that the Twins have some nice major league depth on the roster, which which I think... I don't team... look at that when it comes to Nick Gordon. He's got some pop. Sure, he He's does. got some pop in the bat now. That's fine. We have a lot of Twins conversations we could have, including, like, you know, we've done opening day lineups before, but, like, what does the lineup look like on September 1st? That would be a fun conversation. There's a lot of things that are in play for this that I am really looking forward to, of course, assuming that the Twins are in the mix. And assuming health, which right. are two things that we can't always assume with your Minnesota Twins. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, March 23rd.